here's the amazing thing about life. Here's one universal truth that has to make you feel good at some level. Is that time is the great equalizer. Time is the great equalizer. By the way, this is Dan Walshman. You're listening to the Edgy Conversations podcast, where we talk about radical help for people who want it. I've been thinking a lot about time because, one, I'm laboring. I'm busy working on my own timeline, working on my own goals, working on achieving the success that I want as I pivot our business. What's interesting about time is that I never have enough of it, number one. I feel like it. I go to bed tired or even sometimes I take a quick 15-minute nap in the middle of the day just to kind of restore my energy and make it through a little bit more. I never have enough time, number one. Number two, there are, are moments when I want, obviously, that, that time, that, that change or that growth to happen faster, and there's really nothing that I can do to speed things up. There's really nothing you can do to speed things up. Another thing that's interesting about time is it really is the, the, the arbiter of justice. Time brings all things back into perspective. For example, how many of you have ever been hurt by somebody else? They just step all over you, steal your joy, you know, kind of beat you down, and you're left feeling like, what the heck is going on? I remember at one particular, I don't know if I've told you the story or not, but if I have, humor me. I made a deal for a biz dev, very, very small project with a partner. Essentially, I had a, a, a job that I know they could satisfy and, and, and we really didn't have any need for it. And uh, this company said, look, we'll give you $200,000 if you pass the business to us, because I have a million dollars worth of work. And of course I said, sure, I have capacity to do that. Let's, let's go make that happen. Well, the project went down and, you know, I've never been one to like every five minutes show up at your doorstep, be like, where's my money? Where's my wedding money? I'm not in the mob, right? And so a week or two went by and, and for a lot of these consulting sort of things, you either get paid up front or mostly up front. And I thought, hmm, well, that's odd. I haven't gotten that $200,000 I was promised. Maybe they haven't gotten paid yet. So kind of a lot of my deals, it's like, look, you get paid and then you pay me, right? Don't, you don't have to pay me until you get paid. Fairly, trying to be nice, reasonable. So a week goes by and I get the, this response of, oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, we just got paid a day ago. Why don't you give me a day or two? Money's going to go into our account. And, and then we'll turn around and pay you. Now, if you had received that message, you'd, you'd probably be like, oh, okay, uh, uh, sounds pretty reasonable. We just got paid. We'll give you a check. Stop by the office. We'll make things happen. Sounds like a perfectly good explanation. And it was a perfectly good explanation. I stop by the office. I say hi to the CEO of this company. And um, have you ever seen those old checkbooks? The kind where it's like, uh, you know, three checks on a page and they're, they're, they're ginormous. You know, you write on it, you tear it off, you hand to somebody. He writes me this check, $200,000. And I'm like, great. I'll go deposit this. Now, this is probably more, it's more than 10 years. Maybe 15 years ago. It's been a little bit of time. And I thought, Matter, you know, this is before now, everything's wired into our bank accounts. Every once in a while, someone will actually hand me a check for 
at a speaking event or something like that, or send us a check to our main office. But really, most everything now is just wired into your bank account. So I didn't even think to ask back then, hey, why don't you just wire me the money? Now, for most of you listening in, you already know the punchline. But put yourself in my shoes. I didn't, right? I didn't. Now, you may go, dude, you should have suspected, but I didn't. So I take this check to the bank and put it in our bank account. There was no problems. And I thought, great. And then I received an email probably a day later saying, hey, the money's been deposited into your account and, uh, you know, give it, give it a couple days uh, so that we can, uh, you know, clear all of the IRS and, and stuff like that. Since 9-11, back in 2001, there's been a couple changes to, to, you know, physical checks you can deposit and all that. So I go about my busy day. I don't even think twice about it. And then I notice that uh, probably a week and a half later, maybe almost two weeks later, I receive a letter in the mail. Now, by the way, this is when I actually opened up my mail and actually read it. I open up this letter in the mail, and it's from Bank of America, which, which does most of our banking. Still done it for the last two or three decades. And inside this letter, or inside this letter, it says very clearly, this is an official notice of uh, a bad check. And not only are we, you know, withdrawing this money from your account, but, you know, basically we are also fining you a particular amount of money. Maybe it was 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. I'm not sure how much it was. It wasn't, and considering the several hundred thousand dollars we had deposited, uh, that was, you know, that was just kind of like <laughs> an extra jab. Uh, it didn't really matter, but it was annoying nonetheless. And so I was caught unaware. I was unsuspecting completely. I mean, someone told me, come by, happy to give you a check, can't wait. I go by, I get a check, it's all fine. I get a check, the ne- uh, an email the next day saying everything's been deposited. I'm, I'm like, everything's great, it's wonderful. Then I get this letter in the mail saying, not only was it not wonderful, but the money was being pulled out. So I get on the phone and I am pissed, as you can imagine. Imagine coming up several hundred thousand dollars short. Imagine coming up several hundred dollars short. I am livid. I call the CEO on the phone, can't get a hold of him. By the way, you know how frustrating it is when you know someone's there and you can't, they won't pick up. I'm calling nothing. I'm calling nothing. I'm calling nothing. Finally, I call the main office and I get routed to his desk. And I said, hey, you know, Dan Walshman. And he says, hey. What's up, man? And it's very interesting. Like, pretend it as if nothing was wrong. Everything was okay. And so I'm thinking, shit, the way the guy answered the phone, maybe I'm misinterpreting this. You know, like, maybe something's wrong with me. So I said, you know, dude, what the hell? You gave me a bad check. And his response back to me was like, oh, that one? Yeah, you know, I know we agreed to that number of several hundred thousand dollars, but it feels like you don't deserve that. Like, was it really that hard for you to bring that deal in? So, you know, I'm open to negotiating something else, but that doesn't seem fair. By the way, I'm not even the one who decided on the fee. This other company was the one who decided it and pitched it to me. So I said, clearly, there were several directions. In my mind, I'm thinking, F you, I'll burn your house down, I'm pissed. Externally, I said something like this, what'd you have in mind? Right, that's what I said out loud. And he said, oh, I don't know. 
maybe something like 10 grand. Seems about right. I'm livid. Imagine someone saying, hey, we're going to pay you an annual salary of 200,000. Oh, wait, just kidding. Your annual salary is 10 grand. You know, you're up, you're, you're, you're livid. Needless to say, I was running a big company at the time. I was busy. I had a lot going on. And I just said, you know what? I don't have time to deal with this right now. Screw it. You know, if you're really that sort of person who reneges on deals, not only should you keep the 200,000, but you should keep the 10,000 as well. Screw you. Needless to say, this wasn't the type of person who begged me to take their $10,000. They went away. And I think this person thought that they got away with it. I'm in my home probably six, seven, eight, nine months later. And, you know, whenever this sort of thing happens or had happened in the past, my wife would say, look, I told you you shouldn't do business. They seemed a little skeevy. And, of course, I'm like, I'm Dan Walshman. I don't need your opinions. I know everything. And clearly, I was the world's biggest moron. But it wasn't about me being a moron or them being evil. There was a lesson. And there is a lesson here at play. So hang with me. Six months later, I'm in my, I'm in my house. The door opens. And a couple very angry people are staring me in the face. And they say the name of this person to me. Let's say it's Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Question mark. Steve Smith. Looking at me. And I said, no, I'm Dan Walshman. Steve Smith. They shout at me. Like they're getting loud now. And then one of the gentlemen reaches into his pocket and pulls out a badge. It's the FBI. I'm going, what in the world is happening here? Pulls out a badge. Um, and maybe it was a sheriff. It was a couple different people at the door. No, no, I don't think it was the FBI. I think it was a sheriff. Sorry. It wasn't the FBI. It was the sheriff. Pulls out a badge and says uh, that name again. Like, I've got law enforcement. I've got all kinds of people. They were there serving. It was a sheriff with a process server who was here to track down this person. Come to find out. Now, I asked for permission to reach into my wallet. You know, reach in my back pocket, pull out my wallet, pull out my ID, and show them that I was who I was. Of course, my wife had heard all this commotion. She stomps to the front door. And if you know Sarah, she was having none of it. She quickly informed them that we were not this other person, that I was Dan. She was Sarah. And uh, I had actually invited them into the house so that they would not cause a commotion on my front porch. We began to talk. Come to find out. Here's what this other person didn't know. They defrauded me. They had made a habit of defrauding several different companies. They made a bad mistake of trying to defraud the federal government. And now they had uh, this as a final stroke of awkwardness. This person had put down his corporate address as my home address. A little bit of identity theft there added on top of everything else. Of course, I whip out my laptop and I am all too happy to pile on to this person's misery and to say, oh yeah, here's how I get defrauded too. Here's the 200,000. You can see it in the emails. You can see all the evidence. You know, the reality was that person went away to jail for quite a bit of time. If I wanted to bring justice, there's no way I could have brought justice to that situation. I, I couldn't have imagined a more screwed up end game than going to jail, right? I just wanted my money. Maybe take a bat to his knees or something. I don't know. I was frustrated at the time, but I didn't, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to send that person to jail. I wasn't going to file a fraudulent lawsuit. I just wanted my money. I wanted the right thing, the thing we'd agreed on. See, time has a way of bringing people's bad deeds into perspective and bringing your good deeds into perspective. I think about 
a lot of the sexual harassment lawsuits that are now coming to light after decades of women being mistreated. Sort of this, you know, what we call locker room talk. I, I love when, now I'm being, by the way, I'm speaking sarcastically. I love when dudes say, oh, it's just locker room talk. <laughs> As if that excuse away uh, speaking down about other people, specifically women. Oh, it's just locker room talk, you know? As if that excuses it. And it doesn't excuse it. It's not classy. It's not good. It's horrible. And now, decades later, what happens? Time. Time has a way of bringing things back on people. Whether it's Harvey Weinstein or whether it's uh, Bill Cosby. And by the way, these are guys that, that, that are, you know, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, th these are the ones we know. There are other people speaking up and speaking out. And by the way, this is not a lecture on sexual harassment, which is obviously stupid and wrong. Just don't do it. You shouldn't be harassing anybody. It's a larger discussion about how time will fight for you. You may think no one cares, no one knows, this person's taking advantage. But time has a way. Trust me on this. Time will right your wrong. So here's what the lesson is. You can either spend your time trying to bring justice, and uh, I have a lot of respect for those who can actually pull that off. But for most of us, most of us, that will be a horribly inefficient use of your time. So your mission is to get closer to where you want to be. People are going to step on you. People are going to lie to you. People are going to take advantage of you. People are going to do wrong by you. And you can either spend the time sulking, getting upset, being determined to make sure everyone knows that you're right and they're wrong, or, or, or you can devote yourself to a single-minded focus to get closer to where you want to be. And it, it is hard to do what I'm going to tell you to do next. It is hard. But your mission, your goal, your option isn't to go out and make sure that you bring justice to the world. Your mission is to get closer to where you want to be. So let me leave you today with a simple thought. It's hard. Put your head down and grind when other people are lying about you, taking advantage of you, treating you unfairly. But you really don't have any other option. If your goal means something to you, if getting ahead, if progress, if momentum, if those things are important to you, then your only mission, your only obsession can be to put your head down and get closer to where you want to be. Think about that. When you find yourself getting choked up, when you find yourself getting angry, when you find yourself being distracted, put your head down and grind. Hey guys, this is Dan Walshman. You've been listening to the Edge of Conversations podcast. Radical help for people who want it. Come back next time. Let's talk about all things awesomeness. Meanwhile, 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 if you're not a part of our Facebook group, the Edgy Empire of Awesomeness, well, shucks. Go there right now. Join us. Hang out. Let's figure out ways we can all take our game, our lives, our missions to the next level.